Hello and welcome. I'm Marquette and you're listening to Mind Body Dallas. Thank you for being here. Today I am going to talk to you a little bit more about working with the law from Raymond Hollywell's book, Working with the Law, 11 Truth Principles for Successful Living. I hope you listened to my intro and we will talk about the law of thinking today. So uh, this is the first law of the 11 laws. We'll start it off with Proverbs 23 verse 7. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So we think in our heart. Think about that. We don't just think in our brain, but we are a mind. We have a body. You have this heart area um, that represents feelings and intuition, and you can you can really tap into this area. So let's get more into that as we get along with our lesson. To the average person, this might be you, this was definitely me for many years, life may seem like an enigma, a deep mystery, a complex, incomprehensible problem, but it is actually quite simple if one holds the key. Mystery is only another name for ignorance. All things are mysteries when they are not understood, but when we understand life, it no longer appears mysterious. You may have heard me say before that I believe we are created in the image and likeness of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So therefore, I am a spirit. I have a soul and I live here in this body. I am a triune being created in the image of the Holy Trinity. So as a triune being, I am not just my body, I am actually the CEO of my body. I have a mind that controls my body. The mind is the basic factor and governing power in the entire life of a person. Attention should be given to the predominant mental state, for it will regulate the action and direction of all one's forces, faculties, and powers the sum total of which will inevitably determine particular experiences and fate. I've heard it said before that an attitude unchanged will turn into a mood, a mood will turn into a disposition, and a disposition will turn into a personality. Raymond Hollywell describes this as the predominant mental state. The ruling state of mind is made up of various mental attitudes— which the individual adopts toward things and events and life in general. If this person's attitudes are broad in mind, optimistic in tone, and true to life, his predominant mental state will correspond and exhibit a highly constructive and progressive tendency. Man is a progressive being a creature of constant growth before whom lies a vast ocean of progress to be navigated and conquered only by development and cultivation of his inherent powers. If a person's ruling state, ruling mental state, is upward bound, such as aspiring, harmonious, and positive, all this person's forces 
will be directed into constructive channels, but if his state of mind is downward in tendency, discordant and negative, complaining all of the time, then almost all his forces will be misdirected. Don't let that be you. Listen, we bring about what we think about. If we think about negativity and complaints, we will only bring about more negativity and things to complain about. The reverse is also true with positivity. This is not to suggest stuffing your feelings down or lying to yourself in some Pollyanna way. This is also not my way of saying that grief is not to be honored. In fact, grief is a wonderful way to honor the person that you just lost or whatever it is that you are grieving. Loss of a season, loss of a job, whatever it is. Of course, in that way, you're honoring how wonderful it was for you. But there are stages to grief and it is important that you keep progressing through grief and you don't get stuck. And if you do get stuck, get the help you need. Recognize when you are stuck in grief. I've been there before. Getting stuck in grief for years and years is not healthy. I've done this, as I said, and I it, it did not serve me at all. It did not serve me well. Well, kind of, because it taught me a great lesson that I'm now sharing with you. But anyway, back to positivity. It is suggesting and encouraging you to switch your focus when you need to. I am suggesting and encouraging you to switch your focus when you need to. You probably know when you need to. You know when you're in a negative ruling mental state. You know when you're being negative. You just, you know. It feels negative. It feels bad. It feels angry or sad or Um, judgmental, whatever this negativity is, and you know when you're being positive too. It feels good. Your face lights up. You have maybe not a big smile, but a soft face and a little bit of a smile at least. Um, Your heart feels happier. You don't have that icky in your belly, in your gut. If you like acronyms like I do, here's one to remember. FISB, F-I-S-B-E, FISB. Your focus, F, creates your inner state, I-S, which creates your behavior, B, and environment, E. F-I-S-B-E, your focus creates your inner state, which creates your behavior and your environment. So yes, even though your concern or worry or complaint might be valid, You can still choose to switch your focus onto something that you are grateful for, something that is happy or positive or anything else that gets you closer to your goals and desires. Honestly, gossiping about your neighbor or a coworker or some issue on the media is not getting closer, getting you closer to your goal and desire. Think about that. What are you talking about? And why are you talking about it? Is it positive? Is it negative? You know the answers to these things and you can redirect just like a toddler. And you're going to have to parent yourself. You have to work with your inner child. If you have a toddler having a tantrum or doing something destructive, you redirect instantly, right away when you see it. So it doesn't become a habit. Um, You save that toddler. You are worthy of being saved and reparented and recoached and redirected by yourself, by your inner child 
parent, and this isn't necessarily to say your inner critic, by the way. So we go back to what I mentioned in the intro. It doesn't have to be from a judgmental place. It has to go, "Uh oh, I'm being negative. Redirect. Redirect doesn't mean you slap yourself on the face and you are mad at yourself and say anything condescending. No, you just redirect right away. Focus on something, like I said, that is happy or positive or anything else that gets you closer to your goals and desires. Here's another acronym for you, and it's one of my favorite uh, favorites. It's THINK. So think before you speak, right? We all have heard this for a long time. Think before you speak. T-H-I-N-K. Think. T, is it true? H, is it helpful? I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? This stops me from saying a lot of things, honestly. When I think before I speak, yes, what I was about to say might have been true, but it was not kind. Or it was true, but it wasn't helpful at all. Like it would have hurt my friend's feelings or it would have been too harsh. Is it necessary? Sometimes it's true and it's helpful, but it's really not necessary in that moment or ever. Is it inspiring? All of these things. So T, is it true? H, helpful. I, is it inspiring? N, is it necessary? K, is it kind? Think before you speak. When you find yourself in a situation that you want to complain, gossip, or be negative, just ask yourself, what else is true? Can I switch my focus onto something that is also true, but it is inspiring or helpful or something I'm grateful for? And by the way, this doesn't necessarily have to jump topics. That's really important here. Uh, Once I was having a really hard situation with my boss and a boss that I love very much, by the way, but it was something hard. It was something I was struggling with and it wasn't something that he necessarily did, but it was something I was worried about. And a friend who is very wise asked me simply, what else is true? And that was such a powerful question for me. What else could be true? What else is true about this situation? By the way, she helped me switch my focus onto other things in that situation, the same situation that these things that were also true, which helped me balance out my feelings of insecurity and worry in the moment. Then I had a more complete picture. So sometimes we just need to look at both sides of the same coin or look at the bigger picture, a bird's eye view. Um, This proves then, it's evident, this is evidence that all of the factors which regulate the life and experience of a person, none perhaps, are greater of greater influence than the ruling state of mind. This is very important if you have heard people talk about believing is seeing or you have to believe to see. Yes, you've heard the reverse. I've got to see it to believe it. But in the manifestation world and creating your own destiny world, you've probably heard lots of coaches talk about uh, you need to believe to see. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about this a lot too, um, and plenty of others. You have to believe it in your heart to see that spontaneous healing 
or that spontaneous wealth, which by the way is never spontaneous. That's why I usually don't use that word, but um, miracle, these miracles have usually been working up in you. You've been working on seeing that healing. You've been working on seeing that uh, wealth come into your life. You've been working on believing. (laughs) So it's what we talked about in the intro. I believe, but help my unbelief. So cast that out and focus on how much you believe. Create that belief in your heart because when we believe it, then it's in our heart we're resonating we're vibrating out with what we believe and that brings it into fruition that brings it into our evidence that brings it into our reality we don't even see with our eyes did you know that we actually see with our mind let me explain your eyes are like a pair of windows at the back of the window there is a reflector And this reflector forms an image of what you see and sets up a wave current. This wave current follows along thin wires we call nerves. This relays the message back to the brain. Here at the brain, it is referred to the memory center. If the picture is a common one, our memory accepts. And if not, and we are looking at something new, the memory doesn't recognize it and doesn't accept it, then we must repeat the picture over and over many times until it makes a lasting impression. Therefore, we do not see with our eyes. We see with our mind. Thoughts are things. Thoughts create feelings and feelings create evidence. Feelings are how we manifest. Feelings and vibrations are everything. So the more you think about and feel and vibrate in accordance with something you don't like, a complaint or something you see on the news that you don't like, that you don't want, the more you attach yourself to it. This is real truth, you guys, hard, real truth. Feelings and vibrations are everything. So the more you think about and feel and vibrate in accordance with something you don't like, the more you attach yourself to it. What you resist persists. Rather than resonating with it, talking about it, energizing it by getting impassioned about it, look at it and simply say, you know what? Now I know what I want and now now I know what I don't want. That is something I don't want. I'm moving on. Let me focus then. F-I-S-B-E. Let me change my focus, my FISBE, and focus on what I do want. I'm looking as, at this as evidence of something I don't want, and I'm seeing it as contrast. Two sides of the same coin. Flip it over, focus on what you do want, and move right along. No judgment. No long wait. No energizing it. Simply recognize it quickly. And redirect. You have to let it go. Non-attachment. We're going to talk about non-resistance also later in a, a later lesson. You have to let it go and focus on what you desire. Feel the feelings of joy, abundance, prosperity, happiness. And by the law of attraction, which we'll talk about later, it's also in a later Um, lesson will bring these to you by the law of attraction these feelings will bring that which you want to you there is no lack there is no darkness there's only the absence of abundance or the absence of light 
For instance, we don't eradicate lack and poverty. We just clear the way for it to pour in. We, we clear out the, the barriers. There's a quote maybe by Rumi. The goal is not to seek love, but to seek any barriers within yourself that you have built against it. Same with abundance, same with whatever it is you're saying you want, which, like I said, let's try to focus on the word. Oh, uh oh, there is no try. (laughs) There is only do. Let's say desire rather than want. Want represents something you don't have. So saying you want it just energizes the fact that you don't have it. So let's focus on the word desire. Desire, D-E, of, sire, S-I-R-E, desire, of, the father, S-I-R-E, the father. So desire, these desires are in your heart and they're put there by the father. These are desires that are in your spirit, in your soul, that you are trying. It's a high why for you. These desires are much higher than things you might see and want. Um, things you don't have that you're that maybe ping a little bit of jealousy in you or a little bit of unworthiness in you. No, these desires are like, I know I'm meant for this. I know in my knowing place that I desire this. And it's a firm conviction. It's a firm belief. And we talked about these feelings of belief, these feelings of conviction, these feelings of knowing those are strong, powerful feelings. We want to get to those feelings. Same thing with light. I mean, excuse me, uh, cold and warm. It's two sides of the same coin or on a continuum, it's on one end. It's There's cold on one end and warm on the other end. Or if you like the coin reference, fine, two sides of the same coin. It's the same coin. It's temperature. One is cold, one is warm. When you are cold, you don't focus on eradicating cold, right? You just get a blanket or you start a fire and you get warm. You focus all of your efforts on getting warm, You don't focus on how do I get out of poverty? How do I get out of this situation? What do you want? Set your aim and focus on what you do desire. I desire this wealth consciousness. I desire this joy. I desire financial freedom. I desire uh, doing what I want when I want to do it. Traveling here. I desire spending time with my family. I desire this, this, situation or this feeling, this health, I desire feeling pain-free. I I desire moving easily. I desire flexibility. Whatever your desires are, you are meant for greatness. Once you realize this, that everything is on the same continuum or two sides of the same coin, it will be so much easier for you to ask yourself, what else is true? Let me look at the other side of this coin. Let me look at the full picture. Let me look at the other side of this continuum. Thoughts are things. Remember how important repetition is. I want to repeat it again. Thoughts are things. Without getting too technical into quantum physics and quantum entanglement, 
it's important that I at least mention that we live in an ocean of motion. Everything we see or touch or feel is vibrating and flashing, almost like a motion picture. So wave particles and protons and thing like, things like this create substance, like the chair I'm sitting on right now, it's actually vibrating. It's vibrating so fast that it seems solid, but it's not solid. And yes, I realize for some, I might be getting a little bit too much in the weeds, but bear with me. This chair is not solid. It's vibrating at a very fast pace. It appears to be solid. We are surrounded by a vast ocean of thought stuff, (laughs) energy stuff, particles, whatever you want to call it, through which our thoughts pass like currents of electricity, tiny streaks of light or musical waves, whichever thing really resonates with you, whichever kind of um, analogy, you can flash your thoughts from North Pole to South Pole and completely around the world many times in less than a single second. You guys... Thought is compared to the speed of light. Our thoughts travel at the rate of 186,000 miles per second. Our thought travels 930,000 times faster than the sound of our voice. No other force or power in the universe is as great or as quick as our thoughts. And scientifically speaking, our mind is the greatest of any known element. It is an unlimited force. Your power to think is inexhaustible, yet hardly any of us are fully aware of the possibilities of this thought power. We are babies in handling it. We are brand new at all of this. But listen, as we grow in understanding, and I'm going to help you through all of the lessons, if we use the right thought or if we used to use our if we begin to use our thoughts in the right way we will learn to live in wholeness and health and to establish good in every form we may desire we are awake to our good we are conscious of our good remember the i am statements i am awake to my good i am aware of my good It is our power to think that determines our state of living. Think about that. Your power to think determines your state of living. Our thoughts affect our own welfare as well as others we think about. You've heard me talk about on other of my meditations how that we are all connected and that when you think better, it's better for everyone on the planet because your thoughts are things When I think, let me say it like this. This is why healers work. When I think the best thoughts for you and hold images of your greatest good and your healing, I can pray for you and think healing thoughts for you without any of your limiting beliefs. Those barriers we talked about earlier, I don't have any of your barriers for you. I may have my limiting beliefs and barriers and I'm working on clearing those blocks. But this is why healers work. I believe the very best for all of my friends, family, clients. This is the power of prayer and thought. 
if we take the thought of success or healing and keep it in mind, the thought elements will be attracted because like attracts like. We are mentally drawn to the universal thought currents of success or healing or whatever it may be. Again, not to get too much into quantum entanglement and... Um, you know, collective consciousness, but we are deeply connected, whether you want to believe that or not. And it doesn't take much to just believe it. We are all connected. We are like islands in the ocean, separate on the surface, but connected in the deep. Collective consciousness. We all believe certain things exist. When I go to Santa Barbara, I expect those mountains to be there just like everyone else who believes. And because of that, that collective consciousness, there they are. But you can change. Well, let me get to that in a minute. We're all from the same thing, energy. Like I said, these thought particles, these uh, energy particles, protons, um, all of this stuff. You might call it divine love or oneness or source like we talked about in the introduction we all came from god or source so we are all one we are one with other humans animals plants and even just simple objects like the chair i'm sitting on now or the mountains i just described we are one with those because we are all made out of the same atoms and molecules and protons energy particles we are one but we are we are separate in a way that we are like globs of molecules those mountains are globs of molecules in that place i'm a glob of molecules so i'm i'm separate on the surface like i said like the islands but we're connected in the deep in that we are the same energy uh foundation or the energy recipe like we are made up of the same things it's like a cookie cutter or something like it's still the same dough but you cut out lots of different cookies so there's separate cookies but they're from the same dough (laughs) okay okay so let me get on with this I think you're starting to understand I hope you're starting to understand that um this is quantum entanglement it's a very simplistic explanation I can't go into too much more because I don't understand it on a deep deep level but I understand it enough to get the point across and for me to believe like okay I get it enough to make it happen and to understand that I have to think better and that what I'm surrounded by is the result of my thinking so with that said we will uh, physically contact minds who think along the same lines and then these minds will be brought into our lives we attract that if you listen to my um, book review on big magic you remember that's following the magic path of intuition I believe there's a whole chapter in the book think and grow rich about creating your mastermind group and this is this is for you just in thought I mean, he talks about just creating your mastermind just to sit around a round table just in your mind, just in your thoughts and talking to these people and bringing them to mind. So there's I'm not the only one. There's a lot of research out there about this. It's very inspiring and helpful. Just thinking about your group, just thinking about your people, your loved ones your people, you know what I mean? Like your, your gang. (laughs) So in discussing things, uh, with them in your mind, in your heart, bringing them to mind. Um, some people even talk about talking, 
loving, spending time with loved ones. This is what Hollywell explains um, when he describes how successful minded people help success come to them um, or say someone is helping them. Oh, this was my grandma. She really helped me with this or oh, whatever. So this is how successful living is created. You bring about what you think about, which brings me to fear, by the way. One of the worst things you can do is think about things you fear. Another acronym for you. Okay, fear. F-E-A-R. False evidence appearing real. F-E-A-R. Remember the power of now? You are living now. You have nothing to fear right now. You have everything you need right now. You are safe and secure. You are happy now. Be sure you are in vibration with what you desire right now. Vibrating in harmony with what you fear only attracts it. This is the law. We know this, yet we still do not discipline ourselves enough. Remember, the root word of disciple is discipline. You must discipline yourself to live the life you desire. Over 350 times in the Bible, God tells us, do not fear. So you were actually sinning when you were in fear, which just means you're separating yourself from God. You're missing the mark when you fear. I listened to an entire podcast recently about fear and guilt, two of the lowest vibrations and the worst things we can resonate with. Anyway, back to fear. Hollywell says that the greatest enemy of mankind is fear. Do you agree with that? I certainly do. Fear has a tendency to break down a person's mental resistance and make him more susceptible to disease, illness, that which he fears, lack. You are a self-fulfilling prophecy. How many times have I heard or read about people that are so scared to a crippling point, like they're crippled by the fear of becoming destitute and lonely and what do they create a self-fulfilling prophecy they end up poor and broke and lonely be sure you are prophesying good things over your life and thinking about your desires instead of your fears where your attention goes your energy flows we have to act like farmers in our own life we have to a farmer goes out into his garden and works tediously to eliminate every weed he knows that if he does not clean out the weeds they will grow stronger and tougher and choke out his crop if some condition is handicapping you perhaps a weed that must be removed it is important to remember the condition is the effect or the symptom we see it is not the true cause we need a root excuse me excavation so think about rather than just looking at this tree and the symptoms of the tree are the leaves and you're going to cut off the leaves no you need a full root excavation get to the root of this problem we don't treat the symptom we treat the root cause if the root is fear take out the weed of fear and replace it with courage Remember the pink geraniums I talked about in the intro? Are you planting pink geraniums or weeds of fear? As long as we allow things to seem real to us, we are putting our energy into it. There our energy flows and it grows. We are nurturing it. 
feeding it, keeping it alive. We are putting our faith into that thing, whether we like it or not. And by law, it must grow. Thoughts are so powerful. You may have even heard of placebo and nocebo. I won't go into too much detail, but I will tell you that there is a great documentary called The Placebo Effect. And if I remember correctly, many people were taken in for a knee replacement surgery. Half of the group actually got the knee replacement. The other half were simply put under anesthesia and a movie was turned on in the background on the television and it it had the procedure going on. It was a video of a knee replacement, but the doctor only sliced open the knee and then sewed it back up. He did not replace the knee, but this is so huge. The placebo effect is real, or you could call it let's just call it the placebo effect. I'm going for this. These people believed they had the knee replacement. So their knees healed by the power of their thoughts. Are you grasping this? You go in for a knee surgery. Your knees are messed up, hurting. The doctor slices your knee open, sews it back up, does nothing else. You come out of surgery and you believe you had the surgery and you're back in action. These people were back in action. They were dancing with their spouses. They were playing pickleball. Back at it because they believed. They believed so it was so. When our thoughts are aimless and imperfect, we create ourselves pain and confusion. This is misdirected energy. It's like lightning, which is electric energy that is misdirected, uncontrolled, and a most destructive agent. Yet, the same power of lightning can be harnessed to become a most obedient and useful servant for good. So the first question in our self-development is, are we controlled by our thoughts or are we controlling our thoughts? Who is in control here? I am the CEO of my mind. I am the CEO of my body. So wait, could it be true? Is our problem actually mental? Let's see. So if we desire to gain wealth, we find that it is not a place nor an environment. Because if it was, all the people in one city would be rich and all the people in another city would be poor. Wealth is not the result of saving or thrift. Plenty of people who save are poor. Plenty of people who are free spenders are rich. Wealth is not due to any certain business because plenty of people in the same business are poor and rich alike. It is something within the mind of a person that makes the wealth And that something is the quality and type of thoughts he entertains. Do you just do whatever comes along? Do you plan your day so that something definite will be accomplished toward your goal, your aim, your ambition? There are drifters and there are builders. There are disorganized thinkers and orderly thinkers. You must become an orderly thinker, a builder. You've got to build your life around what you desire. You must think and plan your day around your aim. 
If you want to climb a hill, you don't just go to the bottom of the hill and pray to the good Lord to lift you up, hoping God will pick you up and carry you to the top or give you a pair of wings to fly to the top. The natural thing is the first organizing thought. You decide you're going to climb the hill. Then you start to climb it. You get a plan. You start to climb. Climb steadily, keeping your eye on the top of the hill, eyes on the prize. You might find it hard. You might find a better trail. You might slip and even fall. You might even totally fall. You might have to stop and rest to regain your strength. But as you keep your thoughts collected and organized, you keep your desire intent on reaching the top, you will eventually get there. You have to be an orderly thinker. Knowledge and understanding will replace fear and ignorance, and that which was visible, excuse me, invisible, will become visible. That which was unknown will become known. Life with its circumstances is no longer an enigma, but a clear interpretation of the law of thinking. We are what we are according to what? Our state of thinking. Our focus creates what? Our inner state, our state of thinking. Our focus creates our inner state, creates our behavior, creates our environment. F-I-S-B-E, FISB. What are you focusing on? Our thoughts create the evidence around us. We attract only what we think or create in our minds. I'll leave you now with a poem by Henry Van Dyke called Thoughts Are Things. I hold it true that thoughts are things. They're endowed with bodies and breath and wings. And that we send them forth to fill the world with good results or ill. That which we call our secret thought speeds forth to earth's remotest spot, leaving its blessings or its woes like tracks behind it as it goes. We build our future thought by thought, for good or bad, yet know it not. And so the universe was wrought. Thought is another name for fate. Choose then your destiny and wait. For love brings love, and hate brings hate.